Good morning. Welcome to the vineyard. Glad you're with us here today. And those of you joining us online, welcome. So glad to have you with us as well. And I love the idea of how uh, all of us coming together and that there's people. I go and look and see who's coming and they're from all over the world that are joining with us. And that's just very cool and from all over the country. So welcome, welcome. We're glad you're here. We started a new series last week called Imager in Training. Uh, I did quite a bit of an introduction last week in the first part where I, I tie in Exodus and creation into this message. And I, I can't do that every week. So you need to go and look at some of that. Uh, so you make the connections. But, you know, remember the Beatitudes, there's a connection to the Exodus um, and it's sort of, you know, Jesus is our exodus and what he's doing in the Beatitudes is he's telling us that now that we are uh, in him, Holy Spirit lives in us, we're citizens of the kingdom. The Beatitudes are what life should look like in us, not not what we're not rule following, but these are the things being developed in us by the Holy Spirit. And that's very important because. The idea of creation and the way it ties in into image is that, you know, God, God made everything in the beginning. So there's heaven and earth. It's a picture of temple, a cosmic temple. And then he puts his image in there, which is us. And part of that is our vocation, that we're to partner with him. And we're, we're basically going to reflect God into the world. Okay? So that's what we're doing as image bearers. We're to reflect God to one another. And we're to reflect God to the world. And, and let me say this with regard to that too. Remember, one of the big things to take in here, Scripture tells us over and over again that God is love. And so, one of the most important things you're going to be reflecting into the world is the love of God. And that we need to be aware of that. And, and we can lose sight of that if we're not careful. And you know, when Paul sort of defines love, I love that he starts, you know, love is patient. And I usually tease you there and go, okay, I'm still stuck there 30 years later. But it doesn't mean I have to stop. I've got to keep moving on. And the very next thing is that love is kind. And kindness, so important. And, and so these are the things that we need to be reflecting in the world. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. Isn't rude. Isn't proud. This is what we're to be reflecting into the world. So we need to be looking at that and asking ourselves, is that what I'm reflecting in my life? Is that what I'm reflecting to um, one another and to the world in general. Is that really what I'm reflecting? And the Beatitudes are similar. There's the characteristics he's developing in us. And I sort of use them as a, as a, I can look at them and say, you know, am I really living that way? That's who Holy Spirit is creating me to be. He's working in me to be these things. He's, you know, I'm yielding to him. Uh, is that what's happening? And if not, you know, where? So it's more about me than it is about him. And I need to sort of check that. So we looked at the first Beatitude last week. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And what I told you is what that means is that people, we need to be aware constantly of our desperate need for the mercy and grace of God. And that that's how we start this journey and that's how we maintain it. That's how we keep in step. We have a tendency to get it when we start that that's what's happening. But then we quickly start trying to do it in our own strength by following rules and doing other things. But there's no life there. But but we're blessed because when we get that it's it's because of him that we're reconciled by him, that life is in him. It always will be. The, the blessing is that, that the kingdom is ours. We, we The kingdom is here, not fully here, but it's ours. We're in part. And that's how it all starts. We're citizens of the kingdom. And this changes everything. Well, today we're going to move into Matthew 5, 4. And it's kind of a heavy one. But we'll, I, I think at the end it's, got, it's really good. Just, but I'll talk more about that as we go. So that's what we're heading into today. And 
let's do the bad jokes and then I'll hop in. So my granddaughter Avery calls me yesterday on the phone. Avery's nine. She says, Granddad, I have a joke for you. And immediately I'm just so proud. I said, okay, go ahead. She says, how do you throw a party in space? I don't know. You plan it. And I'm like, awesome. She's a man comes into a doctor's office, but he doesn't have an appointment. He says to the nurse that it was an emergency. And the nurse asks, well, what's the problem? And the guy says, well, I'm invisible. So the nurse goes back to the doctor and says, doctor, there's a man in the waiting room. He says he's invisible. What should I do? And the doctor says, tell him I can't see him right now. perfect. Last. Yesterday, I put a world map on the wall in the kitchen. I gave my wife a dart and I said, here, honey, throw this and wherever it lands, I'll take you there for a vacation. So it turns out we're spending two weeks behind the refrigerator. I'm not even sure what to pack. I don't know. It's like dusty. We have vacationed there before. Yeah. That's where we've had like all our vacations, I think. Goodness gracious. Good morning. It's good to see you all today. Let's go ahead on this on this blessed Sunday morning and press into Papa, shall we, before we read the word? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for pouring your spirit up, out upon us each and every day. Whenever we ask, Lord, you're right there. And we know, Lord, that when you pour your spirit on us, when we're in your presence, there is the fullness of life. There is healing and hope and breakthrough. And Jesus, I am reminded today that you are the fragrance of heaven. And we want to smell like you. Amen. Will you stand, please, for the reading of the word? This is a beautiful, beautiful portion of scripture, and I think you all will find it familiar. It's Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And blessed be the word of God. Y'all can sit down. So, Beatitudes. Uh, so important. And I was, I was looking through them again this week, preparing for this. And started in Matthew 5, 1, really the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And one of the things that I noticed and, and is that before Jesus gets started, he sits down. And I, I hadn't spent too much time thinking about that. There was a, a season uh, when I used to always sit down when I taught. 
And some people would be like, how come you sit down when you teach? And I always go, well, Jesus does it. So there's my, there's my verse for that. But I, I have this thought that what he was about to tell them was so life-altering, so different from what they had sort of expected, that he wants to sit down and make sure that he has their attention, their eyes, their face. And, and so when you read the Beatitudes, you know, one of the things I hope is that you sort of get the idea that Jesus is with you and he's looking you right in the face. And it's like he's telling you how much he loves you. And he's saying, and I want you to have the very best life. But you've got to know that there's some things that you kind of have to take in that maybe you haven't. And at this point in time, the, these people had taken the ten words. That was when God first did this and on a mountain. This is how you're supposed to live. And they lost sight of what they really meant and changed them into something else. And they weren't life-giving any longer. They were the opposite of that. And so Jesus has to come now here on the Sermon on the Mount. And he's going to undo it all. He's going to... So he's... he's He's speaking to people in places that they're, they're really going to have to process. And that's what he does with the Beatitudes. You have to take them in like that. And, and you have to go, okay, he's saying to me, like the whole last one, the poor in spirit. What do you mean poor in spirit? You know, I'm filled with the spirit. Yes, but when you realize that no matter what, you are always desperately needing the grace and the mercy of God. That's where you begin to find life. And everything happens with there. Well, then, and, and they, these do kind of... You know, they, they start to build on one another as you go through these, these attitudes that are changing. And the next one, you say, well, they, I don't even, what does it mean? Blessed are those who mourn. What does it mean to mourn? You know, the, he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. What does it mean? What do we, to mourn? I, I don't want to mourn. You know, I know Jesus. And, and yet, there's something in here that if you take this in, it really changes the way that you look at the bigger picture and the way that you look at the sort of story that's going around you. What does it mean to mourn? So let me say as I, as I sort of jump into this, that uh, it's a little heavy what I'm about to talk about because it's about mourning. And, and no, at the end, though, it's about comfort. And, and you have to go through this path to get to the good stuff. Can, can I tell you that sometimes, and I'd say probably most times, the path to life feels like the path to death? Ask Jesus. And so, so this is him, and he's saying, listen, you've got to take a look at some of these things and what they mean. So what does it mean? Well, you know, we talk all the time here about how Jesus is our model for life and ministry. And if we come into this thing and we got that first beatitude and we realize, well, I'm supposed to be living like Jesus, and, and we see this beautiful way that Jesus lived, it's modeled for us, it's amazing how he, he loves people and he cares about people and he presents the kingdom, and, and, and we see all that, and we know that we're supposed to be living like that, but when we get real honest, we realize that I'm not measuring up to that. That, that even though I'm filled with the Spirit and have all these main things, a lot of times I'm still really selfish. You're, I'm sure you're not. I said that last, last service and my wife laughed like, Amen, yes, hallelujah, you. <laughs> she wasn't quite that emphatic, but I got it. She might as well have been. But it's true. It, it, look, this is... We, we have this whole thing where we're taking it in. And, and the reality is, if we sort of measure up against Jesus, it's like, whew. And, and yet, you know, so, so how do we begin to process some of those things? And then, and then, you know, part of this journey is we realize that the mess that we live in, you know, it's, it's, it can come back to me, to my sin. 
all of us have sinned, right? So I'm, I own part of this. Part of the mess in the world, the, the fallenness, the brokenness of the world, is because of my sin. My sin. My sin put Jesus on the cross. Jesus, my, my God, my King, the, the one who spoke everything into being. He loved me so much that he went to the cross so I didn't have to. He did that for me, but I put him there. And I take that in, and I, I feel the depth of that. And it's... And, and see, this is what it looks like. But I have to sort of press through that and begin to understand that this is the reality of our lives. The, the world is fallen. The planet is broken. My sin caused the problems. I can't fix it. And here's a big one. Life doesn't work. What do I mean by that? This, this temporary thing, no matter how hard you try in your strength, never quite gets it it's always because it's we have a very real enemy who who's defeated but not departed we have amazing promises that are ours and we have a partial taste now eternity is breaking through all the time and we're eternal beings we get taste of the banquet that's coming and those are wonderful but it's not fully here yet the kingdom is not fully here and we have to deal with the reality that we live in this time and It's sometimes not going to go the way we want. Think about how much money and energy and resources spent trying to make everything work now. And it, it can't. And we get so frustrated when it doesn't work. We spend so much time trying to make everything work. And this is, you know, you just try and you, it's like planning for the perfect day. Have you ever had this happen where you, you, you've been really busy and you got your sights set on a day. It's like four days off and you're like, and then so you're working even harder so that that day, you know, and you finally got a day where you can just go and you're going to go and do things like, like maybe, you know, finally I've been working so hard. I'm going to go out on the water on that day. It's going to be glorious. And I looked at the weather and it should be perfect. And I, I work to that day and I get up and it's a beautiful day and I get everything loaded into the boat and the cooler and everything I need. And I got a few friends and we're going out. We're going to have the best time. And I stick the key in the boat. I don't even own a boat. And I turn that baby over and it goes. I don't know who this is for because I don't have a boat. You can apply it to whatever you want. And it and we we so frustrated. We don't know what to do sometimes. And so sometimes what we'll do is, you know what, we, we decide, we get mad. We, God, why are you doing this to me? You ever feel, we're like, I'm being punished for something. I can't have a day. I can't. I just want this one. And if it just, and we, we get so mad and we get all stirred up and there's nothing there for us. And, and, and yet, look, and let me give you a focal point. If you need to be mad at something or someone or somebody because the world doesn't work, that's the enemy. And you, it's him because of him lying to us in the beginning and making us think we could be like God when it was never part of the deal. We had a better deal, way better deal. And, and he took that from us and distorted the image and all those things. But Jesus has brought it back in part and we're reflecting image again. And, and I just, I'm going to get, I just don't want you to steal another second of life from me. And, and maybe this day will just be sent sitting on the dock, (laughs) throwing a line, catching a little fish. I don't know. But you get, there's, there's just things. And, and see, the problem is we, we keep trying to 
fix things, we, we struggle with it and we get all this energy and sometimes we'll get stuck there. Oh, we're going to make it right. Boom, boom. I won't run. We're going to go rent a boat. We're going to do instead of instead of just chilling back just a little bit. We keep trying it. And yet see that the emptiness, there's a thing deep down that we're trying to sort of get to. And what, what it is that you're longing for is what we talk about here. And I call it all things new. Amen. You're longing for Jesus to come back and set everything right because that's what you were created for. And it's part of your longing. It will always be there. And no matter how good it gets, and sometimes it's wonderful. Don't get me wrong. There are wonderful things that happen. And we, yes, and we think of wonderful times. We have wonderful memories. And and we get there. But that's just not how it goes all the time. Because it's a fallen world. The brokenness can just upset everything. And, And we have to embrace that. So that we don't waste all our energy trying to fix things that can't be fixed. This side of the return of Jesus. And I, I, a lot of people are pushing energy into things. That you, they're, they're broken and it's just part of, the, it's part of what's happening. It's part of the fallen world. People try and fill those things. They get busy or they turn to things that they shouldn't. But this longing can't be filled this side of Jesus' return. So that's where this, that sermon, like I said, it could be a little depressing. <laughs> wow. Good job. I should end right there. No. Here's what happens. Rather than be consumed with all that, what we do is this. The reality we, 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 we have to face and embrace is that we live in a fallen world on a broken planet and everything is broken here, including us. That's the reality. But we got Jesus and Holy Spirit lives in us. And if we keep trying to pretend that everything is okay, we're going to stay frustrated all the time. We're going to take every little personal thing as an attack, every tragedy, everything. Instead of when we realize that every tragedy, every broken thing, every failure is just a reminder that at some point Jesus is coming back and he's going to set everything right. But that's a point sometime. He's already come. He's already made things right. We're we're renewed. We're restored. But this, this will never be what that's going to be. And, and the more energy you spend trying to make this something that is never going to be would just keep you frustrated and lost and mad. And you will not reflect the love of God at all in your life. You just won't because you're going to be constantly upset all the time. And, and, and so we can't make it our life's purpose to try and fix this or to try and escape it. What do we do? And that's the big question. What, what is it that we do? We, we embrace it that this is the reality. It's a fallen world. I'm a, I'm, part of that problem is because of me. It will never be exactly what I want it to be. And, and yet, I already have so much more than, than I could ever have imagined because Holy Spirit dwells in me and I have these great promises and I have life now. Remember a couple of weeks ago I said, you gotta, your life is like right around you, not, this, not all of this. It's right in here where we're meeting and, and moving and experiencing life. But we embrace the fact that it's never going to be all that we would like for it to be right at this moment. And there's something about that that helps us. Paul, the Apostle Paul, when you want to read about comfort, read, because uh, in 2 Corinthians especially, go read 2 Corinthians 1 this week, one of your homework things. Comfort, 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 comfort is what he keeps saying in there. And he's just been through this horrific time where the church in Corinth has kind of turned their back on him and he loves these people and they, they've got these new super apostles now that they're listening to who are not anything like Paul and he's saying, really? And he's, he's been imprisoned in this time and it just felt like everything was falling apart. And he said, yeah, it took all of that for me to realize that God's God and that I can trust him. And he says in this verse, in Second uh, Corinthians 12, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
you know, I get that again. I, I really think, like, he sees Jesus just looking at me, Paul. He's, Paul, mm-hmm. I've got you, man. I love you. It's going to be okay. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. See, this is the Lord for us. And that is why he says, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecution. That's a tough one to follow. In difficulties, it's delighting in those things. But when I'm weak, when I get that I need him desperately, that's when I am strong. Not when I keep trying to do it in my own strength over and over and over again. I just get frustrated at everything and everyone that doesn't make it work. Not when I'm, I'm so consumed with what I have to do and where I have to be that someone cutting me off on the road makes me go insane. No. In my weakness, he is strong and I find comfort. Comfort. See, this is the good part of this message. See, yeah, you have to go through that hard stuff. You have to look at it. But what comes through on the other side is this amazing thing that in the kingdom of God and the way he works, when we finally realize that all he wants us to do is to trust in him and to go with him in this whole thing, he's moving into it in ways that we never could. He, have you noticed that... that uh, I always want to be careful when I make general statements. I have noticed that... Uh, God doesn't always go with my plan. <laughs> Frustratingly, because I think, God, really? And sometimes I'll approach him like, God, I have a plan. And, uh, here's all you need to do. Move a couple of mountains and we're good. <laughs> His plan is different. And he loves me. And he goes, yeah, well, okay, well, uh, let me, let me, uh, yeah, we're not going that way. <laughs> Always causes problems when we go your way. We go my way. And God is so big. I, I, another, I think people have forgotten how big God is. And, and they get... God... God is so big. He's omnipotent. He's God is so big that he can take any set of circumstances and still do what he's going to do. He's got this nailed. You, you have the, the amazing victory is coming. The circumstances might change. But God is never overwhelmed like that. Quit, don't, you don't need to think your God is so small that he can't. You know, he, he just keeps working with us. I told the last group this story when, when uh, years ago we had gone um, to Texas to visit family. And uh, we were in College Station and we were leaving from Houston uh, and uh, had an early morning flight. And I thought I had judged it, so I was leaving way early enough so that I wouldn't have to deal with rush hour going through Houston, which if you've ever been there, you, you, never mind. Anyway, so, and I had somehow mistimed the whole thing and end up in, it's still dark and I'm in rush hour traffic in Houston and it's area I'm not... Uh, uh, you know, at all aware of what's happening. I do have a GPS, which I'm happy for, and we're hurtling down the highway, and you have to do like 150 to keep up with traffic, and we're, <laughs> that's an exaggeration. It's probably 80, though. It's ridiculous. And everybody's going 80, and they're only four feet between cars, and, and there's eight or ten lanes throughout this thing, and, the, and I need to get to the airport, and the GPS keeps saying, you know, take this exit. Well, I'm ten lanes over, and I'm like, not happening. Miss the exit. GPS comes back graciously 30 seconds later, recalculating <laughs> like six times. I missed the exit. You know, and I'm sure she's thinking, change drivers, pull over. What's wrong with you? You're too old. Stop it now. You're never going to get to the airport on time. You can't do this. Quit for everybody's sake. Go have breakfast. Go home tomorrow. I'm 
a wreck. Anyway, she keeps she keep recalculating, recalculating. Finally, through it, miracles, she, I'm, I end up at the airport on time. Everything works out okay. Look, that's a GPS. Do you know how much better God is than that? He's so magnificent. He's still God. He's still on the throne. He's got you. He loves you so much that he gets in your face and says, Ah, I love you. Come on. We're going to do this. I know it's hard. I know it's frustrating. But you know what? I got you. I love you. Let's go. And, And what do we get? Comfort. That's what we need. Ah, there it is. One of the verses I talk about is sort of the key verse in, in all things new. He will wipe every... Listen, what's, what's coming is he'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, hallelujah, or mourning. There's a time when we don't have to mourn anymore, but it ain't yet. Because it's a broken, fallen world and it's a mess and I still fall short and all those things are going on. But he loves me and he's got me, but a time is coming. No more crying, no more pain for the old order of things has passed away. That's all coming. And it's broken in at some point now kingdom is here, not fully here. But I, I press in that way and I find comfort. I said, you know, this week, read 2 Corinthians 1, because Paul's been through it. Comfort, 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 comfort. And he's thinking about Isaiah chapter 40. Go read that too. Comfort, my people. Comfort. Why? Yes, our, we've messed up. The, the world is broken. It's fallen. It's not how God in, in, you know, put it together. And he's going to restore it all and make it the way it is. But we're in process right now. And you can take peace. If you know Jesus, you can find comfort. And then we partner with him to reflect his image into the world around us. And that's where we find life. And then we find comfort and peace. And we go, yeah, the world's a mess. But I know Jesus. He's got me. He loves me. He does this. He gets in my face. Hey, don't forget. You, I mean, you need to start thinking that every morning. Jesus just gets down and looks at you eye to eye and says, You know what? I love you so much. Let's go. I got you today. Come on, let's go. See, that's where we find life. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Amen. Come on up, honey. Let's pray. Papa, we are so grateful. For your goodness to us and your love for us, that you're with us. Holy Spirit, you're, you're with us. You, you give us the very best life, full and abundant life now and forever. Not always the way we want it to go, but, but you always in charge, always in control. So we look to you, we trust in you, we rest in you. We find our life in you. We want to partner with you to reflect you into the world. We don't want to reflect our own anxieties and our own fears and our own selfishness. We want to reflect you into the world. A God of love and a God of peace. A God of power. Strength. And so we yield to you again, Holy Spirit. Continue to have your way in us. Allow these characteristics to be what rises to the surface in our lives. So that we can reflect you well. Amen. Good stuff. I just have a couple things. And um, I feel like the Lord showed me someone in a work situation, and it's kind of hostile. It's not a very, very good work situation. There's no kindness. And the Lord just wants you to respond to those things either with nothing or with kindness. But just don't rise to that. And, and he's going to bless that. You're going to see a difference this week. And then I, I saw, oops, they just turned me up real big, sorry. And then I saw somebody else that um, you said to the Lord this week, and it's gonna, you're going to remember it when I tell you this. You said, I'm done. I am done. 
I don't know what the situation is. And the Lord said, I'm not done with you. So just let hope arise in that situation. And then Miss Rachel texted me, and I believe this is a, a salvation word, somebody that maybe you haven't asked the Lord into your heart officially, or maybe you're wondering or you're seeking. And, and this is from Miss Rachel, and it said, come, come to the wedding banquet. When Steve talks about how you do that in a few minutes, just do that. Come to the wedding banquet. There's nothing better. Amen. Amen. All this amazing story starts by asking Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. That's where it starts. And, and uh, we, we hear the gospel, what he's done, how he's gone to the cross for us, defeated death, rose again. Our part is to believe that, receive and believe. And so, how, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you've never said that, prayed that, do it right now. Right where you're at, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? In the room or online, everything starts there. If you do that, please let me know by texting the word heart. 704-305-745-7513. That's just the, the easiest way at this point in time to, to make that connection. And we want to be able to pray for you and bless you and do all those things. So there's that. Church, thank you for your amazing generosity. You guys are amazing. And we appreciate your faithfulness, your giving, your offerings, your tithing, all those things. There's how you can do it, mailing in, online, text giving. Uh, if you're in the facility, there's offering box here, here, and there's two by the door. So you can do that if you would like to, and we appreciate that very much. Let's sing doxology, and then we'll dismiss because people have a Super Bowl to get ready for. There's some cooking to be done around here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Praise God from whom all blessings flow. bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Uh, If you're leaving the sanctuary, please go out. These doors, they'll be open for you. Give yourself some room on the way out. And uh, get out there and catch some fish if your boat will start. (laughs) Hope your team wins. Be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back dead. God bless you guys. Thank you for watching us and uh, being a part today. And Beatitudes are cool. Think about Jesus looking you in the eye and telling you, hey, I got you. And let's press in together. And enjoy those snacks, guys. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.